Hi, and welcome to Dutch the Podcast. My name is Mike, and right there is my friend Tom Byfoot. He is the publisher of Mocum Publishing, and of course, that means Decrant newspaper. It means uh, Dutch the Magazine, Dutch the Podcast, and uh, much, much more. Hi, Tom. Hey, Mike. Uh, it really is beginning to mean Dutch the Podcast now, isn't it? It's number six. I have to say, we've got a, a roll going here, don't we? Uh, and thank you very much for everybody who is uh, joining us, more and more people every week, uh, and uh, even reaching out uh, to, to participate. So thanks. We do appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, of course, as always, uh, Tom has lined up an amazing guest for us today. Before we get there, Tom, uh, let's just touch on uh, Dutch the magazine. Uh, a lot of these things that we talk about on the podcast come from the magazine. And uh, so yeah. I thought we might touch on some of the other stuff people might find in the most recent edition. Okay, so the uh, the March-April edition uh, has gone out. Uh, cover story uh, in our Dutch Icon series, we're talking to Frederik van der Waal, a former supermodel, entrepreneur, uh, TV producer, and all-around just an amazing, um, amazing person. Uh, so we have an in-depth um, profile of her. Uh, we'll... I, like that, I like that bio has as many titles as you except a uh, supermodel. Maybe you can add that. Hey, yeah, maybe. You never know. We'll, we'll figure that out. Um, yeah, and so uh, apart from that, we always visit a number of places uh, in the Netherlands, in the magazine. Uh, this, um, this issue, we're visiting a town called Brille, uh, also oh. known in English as Brill. It, um, it has a special April um, uh, connotation. It was liberated by Dutch uh, rebels in the 16th century from the Spanish. Uh, so we look at that. Uh, we visit the town. It's it's springtime, so it's tulip time. We're visiting a town in the tulip uh, bulb region, a small town called Bochnum. Um, I'm uh, sorry, a small town called Warmont. Uh, I was just uh, writing an article about Bochnum. That's uh, that's why I got confused. Bochnum is okay. In a so there's more the content coming your way. Another location. We're getting a clue on. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm editing a, a very interesting uh, memoir. Uh, by uh, by someone who was sent off to work in forced labor in Germany, who came from the town of Wachnum. No, no, we're, we visit Varmont uh, in uh, in the um, uh, March April issue of Dutch the magazine. That and uh, much much more food locations, uh, people, all Dutch, uh, and uh, many of those people will join us again. Uh, and those stories will be covered. Absolutely. Right here we, talk, we talked to Pella uh, a few episodes ago at Pella, Iowa, and Frost there. Uh, we've got in the current issue uh, four recipes handed down the generations in Pella, Iowa, a Dutch oh, wow. community in uh, on the Iowa prairie. Uh, so we've got four uh, recipes um, that have been in the family, basically, for 150 years. So, so that's that's interesting. I'll tell you what, we'll do this and then we'll break for lunch. And uh, I'm sure that you've prepared those recipes for today's show and sent <laughs> them over to cookies. me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent. Uh, all right. Listen, uh, please subscribe to this show wherever it is you're uh, listening or watching it. And uh, if that's on YouTube, hit the notification button as well. And when there's a new episode, you'll be notified. Uh, also, uh, please, uh, Dom, Tom, you're a big proponent of this. And, and I, I agree. Uh, reach out to us. Get in touch, yeah, uh, dutchthemedia.com. Uh, you'll find a contact form there. Of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can always comment uh, underneath the video itself. Welcome all comments and um, suggestions for shows, suggestions for guests, questions about earlier shows, anything uh, you'd like to share. Looking forward to it. 
Uh, our editor, uh, young David, do me a favor and please just pop up uh, Tom's book on the screen because I have a funny story. Uh, recently, Tom said to me, I, listen, I really appreciate you plugging the book on the show. Uh, I should tell you something. You've never said the title even <laughs> once correctly. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tom. It's uh, all good. The actual title of the book, Tom, is? Hiding in Plain Sight. And what's it about? Uh, it's about, it's got uh, 43 very interesting articles. That, well, <laughs> here, I'm tooting my own horn. I shouldn't be doing that. But okay, so I, I found it interesting to write. So uh, it's all about the Dutch in Canada and in the USA. So well, Dutch settlers. I think, I think what is easy to say about this book is, it, it really is uh, well described. There are Dutch businesses and Dutch communities and Dutch personalities, and they're all around us here in North America based on, uh, you know, settlement uh, coming to North America and some of the, you know, uh, as we're, we'll learn moving forward, some of the necessity out of the Netherlands to bring people to uh, America. Well, they're here. And that book, it really does cover that off nicely. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, it, and it goes right from uh, from the early settlement of uh, New Netherland in the um, 17th century uh, right on to today. You know, you still come across people uh, that moved here a few a few weeks ago and they have interesting stories to tell. Everyone has an totally. interesting story to tell. So there you go. Uh, and uh, uh, so once again, uh, uh, Hiding Your Bike is the name of the uh, book. I, did I say that right? <laughs> you got there almost. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hiding Tom. in plain sight is what we're talking about. But, but ah, there we go. We'll see it. But um, um, yeah, I'm talking about interesting guests. Do you want to hear about our guest for today? Yeah, you caught my attention because it's got a culinary hook to it that I, I can't resist understanding more about. Yeah, we're talking about Indo Dutch kitchen secrets. Uh, we're talking to Jeff Keysberry. Jeff, uh, Jeff is the author of uh, of that cookbook. It's sold out, um, and he's working on a. Um, uh, follow-up or a new edition uh, be interesting to hear. Uh, we're talking about Indo-Dutch culture and Indo-Dutch cuisine with Jeff. Mm -hmm. And who better to talk to than Jeff Keysberry? He is well-known throughout, uh, well, throughout North America, but he's based in the Los Angeles area where there's a huge Dutch uh, population, and in particular, a huge Indo-Dutch population. And for those listeners who don't know what the Indo-Dutch culture and community is, um, Jeff will, uh, I'm sure, explain that in uh, in a lot of detail. So why don't we go over and, and talk to Jeff uh, first, and then um, we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Jeff Keysberry is a cookbook author, entrepreneur, podcaster, board member of the California chapter of the Netherlands America Foundation, chairman of the United Netherlands organizations in Los Angeles, and organizer of the annual Holland Festival event in Long Beach, and and much more, I believe. Uh, his cookbook, Indo-Dutch Kitchen Secrets, is a bestseller. Uh, I met up with Jeff in May at the Los Angeles uh, King's Day event, uh, which we covered in depth in Dutch the Magazine. And it's great to have Jeff on the show. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for having me, Dom. Well, it's great, and thanks for joining us. Um, you uh, bill your uh, cookbook as the first Indo-Dutch heritage cookbook in English. I think there's a lot in there. You know, what's Indo-Dutch? Uh, what's Indo-Dutch cuisine? Um, and 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 more about that. But maybe just start by introducing yourself and 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 giving us a bit of a sense of your background um, and 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 who you are and what you do. Yeah. So um, I was born in Amsterdam, actually uh, above the restaurant my Oma ran. 
in Amsterdam at the Ferdinand Wolstraat 13. That's the uh, the block next to the Heineken Brewery. Oh, so first, a lot of people visit this Amsterdam will know that. Yeah, th- just around the corner from the Heineken Brewery at number 13 Ferdinand Ball Street. That's right. And I basically grew up in the restaurant, always surrounded by people and food. So that's basically the theme also uh, in my life. Uh, anything to do with connecting people, being around people, organizing events with people, and food that connects us. And especially Indo-Dutch food or Indonesian food, as people would call it also, because it comes from the Southeast Asia geographic area. But I, I wrote a cookbook about it because I feel like people need to know in English also the, the difference between Indonesian and Indo-Dutch, which is basically a, a cuisine and culture of a mixed heritage that evolved and originated in the Southeast Asia area, now known as Indonesia, formerly known as the Dutch East Indies. Okay, and, and your grandmother had a restaurant in Amsterdam then? Yeah, um... well, she came to Amsterdam in 1949 after the uh, independence of Indonesia after World War II. And she said, uh, we're going to Holland. So she closed her Maison Kiesberry fashion fashion store. She had that for many years, both in Yogyakarta and Indonesia, Maison Kiesberry. And she said, we're going to Holland, but we're not staying here because you had the choice to stay in Indonesia Warganagara, become Indonesian citizen, adopt an Indonesian name, or go to the Netherlands, repatriate, so to speak. And uh, Dutch, repatriate even for a lot of people who had never been to the Netherlands uh, before. Exactly. It was still called repatriate, right? Yeah. It's the fatherland, and Indonesia or the Dutch East Indies is considered the motherland. Okay. So That's interesting. He started a Maison Kiesberry at the same address where I was born in uh, 1950 and uh, trying to sell her her fashion stuff. And uh, after four years, she decided uh, to turn that into a restaurant named after the city where she lived and where my father was born, Jokja, restaurant Jokja, one of the first Indo-European restaurants at the time, because that's what she put on the name, uh, under the name Indo-European restaurant, not Indonesian. And she helped to popularize uh, Indonesian cuisine in, in Amsterdam, because a lot of it happened in and around The Hague where yeah. a lot of people with an Indies background would migrate to and live. There, there's a song the, in, in Holland even called um, uh, Den Haag, the widow of uh, the Indies, right? The correct. The widow of an India. Yes, correct. This, so, because yeah. so many people from the Indies came to Holland, settled in The Hague. That's right. That's right. But, but you were for us it was Amsterdam. Yeah. 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 So she turned that into a restaurant. And um, in uh, 1976, she... Uh, she uh, revealed her secret recipes on Makisbeer's Indische Keukengeheime. That was a very popular book that was in print for more than 30 years. And um, when that was out of print five years or 10 years later, there was still uh, a demand for the book. So I decided to uh, continue in uh, her footsteps, so to speak, and continue her legacy and wrote a cookbook this time, full color, hard copy, hard cover, sorry. And... Um, with the story of our community, our family, and the story behind the food that we used to eat and still eat. That's amazing. Now, um, can you tell us a bit about that story? So, so how is what is Indo-Dutch? How is it different from Indonesian? How is it different from Dutch? Uh, is it um, a hybrid? Okay. Is it a sum of the parts? Is it more than a sum of the parts? Maybe you can take us down that road a little bit. Yeah, I identify as also being Indo, uh, first Amsterdammer, 
Indo, now American, but Indo. It's short for Indo-European, and that term was used before the name or the word Indonesian was was becoming popular. In the broadest sense, an Indo is anyone of mixed European and Indonesian descent with the roots uh, in the former Dutch East Indies. It used to be a derogatory term, but now used with pride to signify that one is of mixed heritage with roots in the former Dutch East Indies. So that's the term Indo as it's used in, in Dutch. Yeah. Do you use it in English as well in, in Los Angeles? We're doing that, in- yes, but the English term uh, often used is Dutch Indonesian. And I, I find that to be a misnomer because you're basically saying that your ethnicity is Dutch and your nationality is Indonesian. Like you would say, I'm Italian-American. My background is Italian, three generations already in America, but American nationality. So I would prefer Indo-Dutch. The, the best term, I believe, is still in Dutch, Indies and Nederlander. Indies okay. is the adjective of Dutch East Indies, and Nederlander is your nationality. But so I'm a proponent for Indo-Dutch okay. as a term. We'll stick with that. All right. Uh, so Indo-Dutch um, culture, and in particular Indo-Dutch cuisine is what we're talking about today. So what is Indo-Dutch cuisine? Yeah, it's somewhat of a, like I said, we're we're a hybrid community. It's it's somewhat of a fusion cuisine as well as adopted dishes, indigenous dishes from Southeast Asia, both Southeast Asia, archipelago, what is now known as Indonesia, as well as Indonesian, uh, European and Dutch influence. The so Chinese the, uh, influence the Chinese. as well? Also, because there were lots there were of traders in Indonesia, right? Yeah, there were traders, Chinese, Indians, some Arab influence. So it's quite interesting if you delve into the history, culinary history of, of, of Indonesia. Basically, it's a shared culinary heritage of the Netherlands and Indonesia. And then you see all the different regions, ethnicities have their own cooking style, also related to geography, religion, and what have you. So the Rijstafel, uh, Rijstafel I will start again. The rice tafel, for instance, is a collection of different dishes, even up to 50 dishes from all over the archipelago. And uh, back in the day... So, so a rice tafel, that's literally translated, it means rice table. Yes, um, good one. And um, I, I hate to use this term because it's probably confuses or mixes up, but it's like a smorgasbord almost. Uh, it's a smorgasbord, yeah. Indonesian food. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite... It, well said. It's a nice spread of dishes on the table with rice at the center at the center of it all. So, and, and what ingredients are we talking about, for example? Well, we have different curries, different braised dishes, uh, meats, fish, vegetables, uh, soft dishes. Well, texture is different also. There's a wide variety in textures. But yeah, if you want to dine and have a, a nice rice tafel, you could spend three to four hours at the table enjoying the whole spread. Or as you it, said, it's a great social event as well. It's, it's more totally. than just the food, although the food is fantastic, but it's also a social. Uh, it's a social thing. And um, yeah, the Indische rice tafel is not Dutch nor Indonesian, and that's why we refer to it as Indies, uh, again, referring to the Dutch East Indies, has recently been added to the Dutch National Inventory of Intangible Cultural Heritage, as defined by UNESCO. The UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage List. I saw that. Now, there's been some controversy about that. 
Yeah, there. If you read the newspapers uh, as a response to to this, some people say it's cultural appropriation, and I say it's cultural appreciation because for decennia we have been enriching our cultures with influence from outside, from other communities and regions, and um, it's a little bit too black and white. Of course, you adapt like here. I bring my recipes and my longing for uh, comfort food, and sometimes you cannot find the ingredients, so you look for alternatives. And with that, you're fusing into uh, another type of dish with uh, roots in another country or from another com uh, community. Yeah, I, you know, just as an example, I, I personally use sambal ulek in my uh, red um, Italian uh, there you go. pasta sauce. Is that okay? Go. I'm sure that's, that's what okay. what I do. I always bring a jar of, uh, of sambal just in case it looks, it tastes too, uh, too bland, you know. So sambal is a, um, in, in Indonesian uh, or an Indies um, condiment, uh, uh, red yeah, pepper, it, spicy, it, is that? Uh, yeah. It, what's, it's the basis for it? a lot of spicy dishes, basically, just to give it some kick, depending on how much you can 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 tolerate uh, i'm i'm used but, to mild i cannot uh, uh, me too, me much too but it's it's a great way to give some oomph to uh totally. an otherwise relatively plain red tomato sauce totally so yeah what's oh, sorry also i important, interrupted you there carry on what is also important to mention uh, that the indice rijstafel and that's how it is uh, now uh, written in the uh, unesco not dutch not indonesian that it is an acknowledgement of and part of the identity of the Indies and Nederlanders or the Indo-Dutch people. We are a diverse community, and I've always seen the Rijstafel as a culinary ambassador. And again, part of our shared culinary heritage of the Netherlands and Indonesia. Yeah, it's 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 an uh, amazing um, uh, meal. It's not a dish; it's many dishes, and it can vary. Um, you talk about uh, the Indo-Dutch um, culture and community, and, and I think we've got to be clear, this is a culture that has developed over a period of four or five uh, centuries. Uh, starting 350 years, uh, often the, the number used. Yeah. 350 years. Um, so so it has the background in the Indonesian archipelago, um, but now uh, Indo-Dutch live all over the world. Uh, That's right. But many, many in in the area where you live now in, in, in Southern California. Um, can you talk maybe a little bit about the Indo-Dutch community in, in Southern California and the diaspora in general? Where, where do we find Indo-Dutch people predominantly? Well, predominantly in, uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, we call it the Indo-Dutch diaspora. 380,000, just to give you some stats, fled to the Netherlands in five ways, in five waves, basically of migration from 1945 to uh, 1967. And 60,000 immigrated again to the U.S. during the 50s and the 60s, during the, the previous century. Many came under the Pastor Walter Act, two senators, as relief of certain distressed aliens. Uh, in Holland, for instance, there are 3 million people with Dutch East Indies ancestry. In the U.S., 100,000 and 20,000 in Australia. And of course, there's also Indo-Dutch people in Canada. I don't know the exact number. Maybe you know. I, I don't know numbers. I know 
plenty, <laughs> but um, uh, here in Toronto and also specifically on the West Coast in Vancouver, uh, we had uh, some some great Indonesian restaurants, uh, or not Indonesian, Indo-Dutch restaurants in Vancouver until fairly recently. Um, so um, I, I I would put it at definitely uh, five to ten thousand at least. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the majority of the uh, immigrants uh, are in California, actually. You know, it's the the tropical blood that runs through their veins, looking for better uh, better weather. You know, Southern California, namely, uh, especially. We're talking a hundred thousand. I'm thinking, give or take. Yeah, maybe. Well, hundred thousand USA with uh, those okay. in these ancestry. With the, the most in most in California. Most in California, yeah. So we celebrate our cultural heritage, shared cultural heritage. Uh, with events like Holland Festival and the Dutch King's Day. For the first time this year, we're combining the two because Holland Festival we've been doing for over 33 years now. And that has de facto become the largest gathering of Dutch and Indo-Dutch people, not only Dutch, 100% European, but of mixed heritage. And we uh, we come together for up to four gener generations to, uh, to come together, bring the picnic uh, chairs and their tents, and they enjoy the food, the music, traditional food, of course. We have croquette and bitterball and harding. We fly in, kaas and patat uh, special. This year we will have strobafels and, of course, poffertjes. But then there's also uh, a couple of uh, Indonesian food booths. Of course. Yeah, I, I, I visited the King's Day event this uh, last year, uh, and I had some uh, great uh, satay and gado-gado um, at the event, but also herring and, and, and fries with mayonnaise. There you go. But talk about the ultimate fusion, probably, uh, fries with the satay sauce. There you go. That's totally true. That's totally true. So, I love that. Uh, yeah, for, for, for uh, listeners who are not aware of that, we eat our fries in the Netherlands usually with mayonnaise, but um, almost as often with the spicy peanut sauce, uh, satay sauce, which, of course, has the uh, South Asian um, background. Yeah, well, that came with the influence of the, the Indo-Dutch and the, the people who lived in the former Dutch East Indies. The same with um, talking about fusion, nasi schijf and bami ball. Oh, That's what you get yeah. at the snack bar in Holland. So, yeah. I, uh, I I never thought of that, but you're right. Absolutely. Uh, you have the croquettes, which have a, a ragu meat filling, but you yeah. have um, nasi and bami schijven, which have um, noodles or rice, Indonesian Correct. noodles or rice within a batter, a, a bread batter. They, uh, they yeah. even have satay croquette, you know, yeah. peanut yeah, sauce and course. chicken, also delicious. Well, I noticed oh. in your cookbook as well, uh, in addition to what I would call typically uh, Dutch-Indonesian uh, or Indo-Dutch dishes, uh, you also have uitsmeters uh, and flaflips and, and typical yeah, Dutch just, uh, recipes. Just to emphasize that I, I, I identify as a transnational. I'm from Amsterdam, born and raised. First, I'm an Amsterdammer who happens to have roots in the former Dutch East Indies, and now I'm an American, and I want to make sure that my people know that I have a multicultural culinary uh, whatever you call it, background. And uh, I was raised in Holland, so Uitsmeiter is with sambal, of course, if I have to <laughs> kick it up. And um, yeah, it's a flaflip. That's how I was raised, you know, custard with yogurt and some uh, some strawberry syrup or, yeah. Yeah, that's a flaflip. There, there are a lot of those dishes in there. At the soup, what the Indo style, Indo comfort food is with rice. 
Uh, so pea washed. soup with rice. We yeah. talked about pea soup a few episodes ago with a, a guy who uh, organizes skating events uh, in, okay. in Ontario on a lake. We talked about the need to have pea soup, erta soup, snet uh, yep. when you're outdoor skating. I love um, it. And and so there's there's a specific Indo-Dutch um, variant to uh, to snat. Yeah, with with we serve it over rice, and then with okay. a little bit a dab of sambal on the side uh, of your plate, on the edge of the. I'm going to try so, that. I, I hadn't yeah. heard of that before. No, so um, there are a lot of uh, European influence dishes that we count uh, as comfort food, and that you won't get at any restaurant. It's more served in a in a family setting. So add the soup with the rice. We have uh, pastijtjes, those half moon. They look like empanadas, but Indonesian style. Risolas? Risolas. They are like, uh, you know, uh, rectangular croquettes with breaded crepes filled with ragu. And then we have lumper. That's a, a rice roll, sticky rice roll filled with, spi with spicy chicken. So, uh, yeah. Even today in Indonesia, they eat... Uh, Croquetten, the the style that uh, that we are used to in Holland, and bitterballen, so you can get them there too. It's, it's, uh, one thing I was wondering when you were naming the locations where the Indo-Dutch uh, predominantly live. What about Indonesia itself? Yeah, so some of the uh, the people of mixed heritage stayed behind, and some of them did well, and some of them didn't. Um, I have uh, an an aunt and an uncle. Who, who live there in Jakarta, and uh, they belong to the middle class. They're they're not they're not so well off, but they're 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 coping. And um, yeah, so of course we're a dying breed. Uh, we're we're the last of the Mohicans, people with memories of the former Dutch East Indies. So even if you go to Jakarta, I remember the first time I went there in 1990. We were sitting at the train station in Jakarta. And uh, we were talking Dutch to each other. And then a gentleman came with his briefcase. And uh, my father, I remember him saying to my mother, watch out for your purse. And then he replied, oh, you're Dutch. May I introduce myself? I'm Mr. Cohen. He didn't look like a Mr. Cohen, but he was fluent in Dutch. What a shame the Dutch left. And, you know, it was so nice if they stayed. And then, of course, my father was embarrassed for having said what he did what he said but uh, you know you have to be careful because there are a lot of people still that speak and understand dutch very perfectly of course yeah okay um we talked briefly about the uh indo dutch diaspora especially in southern california um two things i noticed when i was there i visited a club called avio club anaheim uh -huh. it's, it borders on disneyland it's right next door to disneyland that's right i went there on a friday evening and there was a dance and there was music and there was uh, uh, at least a hundred or more uh, Indo-Dutch people. Um, and, and there's a, also a specific music style called the Indo-Rock. Well, Correct. very musical. Anyway, if we think of some famous musicians, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, that's right. He, uh, um, he is Andy Indo. Tillman is very famous in Holland, uh, for example, the, the Blue Diamonds. Yeah, there's some more popular people. I mean, uh, like the actor uh, Mark Paul Hosselaar, uh, video game designer and uh, honorary consul Hank Rogers, who lives in Hawaii, and Alex Van Halen, his brother of uh, the, the late Eddie, and Michelle Branch, who's in Arizona, the singer. She's also of Indo-Dutch descent. So, yeah. Yeah, Avio, uh, which stands for Al Vermaak is ons, 
uh, all our, all uh, entertainment is us. Uh, you know, they they are still alive. They're still uh, organizing events, but they're you know they're getting older. These people, so it's it's kind of you know a challenge to keep everybody coming back. Uh, also, interest the younger generations to keep celebrating culture and have fun together. Good food and music. And uh, well, the interesting thing was how I found out about it. I was visiting Disneyland with the family. And we drove down uh, that street that it's on, and we suddenly saw this building with uh, Dutch um, window shutters on the outside, and and you know obviously yeah. it was Dutch. So I went up to the door, and it was closed because there's no one there. I left yeah. a little note and with my cell phone number. And that evening, I got a call from someone, a gentleman called Rinus Dotekom, and he said, "Well, having a dance uh, tomorrow night. Do you want to come by?" And oh, that's cool. when we went by. And otherwise, I would not even have known about oh, it. Wow. One of the, again, one of those hidden features of um, yeah. of Dutch and Dutch uh, Indonesian culture that you find. That's so right. I, I was just very, very surprised at that. Yeah, um, different style. One other thing maybe we can briefly mention before we wrap up. Um, there used to be um, a, a kind of newsletter magazine called The Indo coming also out of Southern California. Yeah. Yeah, the publisher was Rene Kreuzberg, who uh, who was the main publisher, the uh, the editor of the magazine. It's a yellow booklet that came out. It uh, was in Dutch, but it ended with uh, when he passed. He said, "It's going to end with me." So yeah, people would share their stories in Dutch wherever they were in the world. Most of them in in uh, in America, U.S. and Canada, but also Australia, and and you had members in Holland and and wherever they lived, Germany, Spain. You know, wherever the diaspora was, but yeah, I got a whole collection of those books with with very interesting stories, memories. Yeah, I, I followed them, and and it, it's sad that it's no longer uh, with us. But it was a very good way to connect the community, uh, yes, worldwide. Um, I'm gonna leave it, I think, Jeff, with a very important question: um, Where can we get Indo Dutch food, and where can we get your cookbook? Um, and, and where do we get the ingredients to, to make the recipes in your cookbook? Well, Indo-Dutch comfort food, you can only eat it at, uh, at families. And um, I don't have a restaurant yet, but I'm playing with the idea. I do pop-up rice tafel events. Uh, my cookbook, unfortunately, is out of print. I'm working on a oh. sequel, uh, a smaller version that I hope will also be available in Canada and Australia. It, it's going to be in English. And uh, what was your third question? Um, ingredients. Ingredients. So yeah. we, you, you explained it's, it's comfort food. We have to do it in a family setting. Um, even though your cookbook's out of uh, print, uh, you have some recipes on your website, I noticed. Uh, and you have a blog, you have a podcast. So we should be able to get a few of those recipes at least. Of um, so then where the question, next question is, where do we get the uh... Asian supermarkets? Uh, a lot of the Asian supermarkets. Also, there are small tokos, Indonesian tokos, we call them, uh, who have uh, a wide range of imported uh, spices uh, from Indonesia. Uh, have, you know, pastes, uh, spice paste to make all kinds of dishes like rendang and uh, you name it. Sayur lode and all kinds of Indonesian dishes. Um, and of course, you can buy fresh ingredients, Thai food markets, uh, Korean markets, or I go to a Chinese supermarket. 
oh, I will not be plugging them, but they're available. And if you go to my website, Cooking with Keysberry, I have a whole list of Indonesian restaurants, uh, mainly in the U.S., and uh, also where to uh, source ingredients. Also okay. and, and one of the things uh, I, I should mention for our Canadian listeners is that there are loads of uh, Dutch uh, shops uh, dotted across the countryside. They all carry extensive uh, um, Indonesian and Dutch Indonesian inventory, um, every single one of them. Um, and and the, there's a couple in Michigan and, and a couple in uh, Southern California as well. Correct. Good of you, Tom. Okay. Well, uh, that's it. If, there, if there's anything, uh, you know, I, I, we, I think we could talk for another uh, few hours, but oh, for is, sure. is anything very important that we've missed, Jeff? Um, no, to, I think we covered most up? of it. Thank you for inviting me. It's been very interesting, and uh, I'm, I'm here to contribute anytime. Uh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. And I, I understand you're recording your own podcast after this, so good luck right. with that. And Thank we'll you keep much. an eye out for those. By the way, the name of the podcast is The Rice Table. But the Rice you. Table. Keys, cookingwithkeysbury.com and The Rice Table Podcast. Thanks. Thank you, Tom. Have a good one. Hope to see you soon back in L.A. I hope so, too. Bye now. Bye. There you go, Jeff Keysbury. And uh, thanks, Tom. Now I'm starving. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting to me. Uh, you know a legit chef because they, they say things like, I grew up in the restaurant. I uh, I gravitate to watching uh, people get satisfaction out of dining, uh, and and those are the chefs that are elevated. I think absolutely, yeah. And um, you know his his whole background in that uh, restaurant that his grandma ran in Amsterdam, well well known restaurant uh, for sure, well known cuisine. Uh, we talked about rice table and rice tafel. Uh, when I was in LA in uh, in May, I went to that big uh, King's Day festival that they organized there. Mm -hmm. There were lots of pop up um, places uh, with uh, satay and gado gado and beautiful uh, food uh, and and beautiful uh, Dutch uh, Indonesian, but also specifically Dutch food. So if um, if you're in Los Angeles uh, or near Los Angeles, or if you're visiting there in May, they're putting on on a big event again this year. It's well worth a visit. I thoroughly enjoyed myself when I was there. Uh, thank you so much for bringing Jeff uh, to the table. Uh, and I look forward to Now I want to go to L.A. I'm desperate to try uh, his food. His catering sounds incredible. Uh, and uh, Indo-Dutch, not something I have to admit. Uh, in Amsterdam, uh, I had never taken up the opportunity. It sounds like I really missed it. Uh, so if you have the you opportunity. You before uh, I, I could have given you a few, few addresses, but uh, Tom, I didn't want to say anything. But I'm headed back to Amsterdam, which is the purpose of our friendship, and I've only grown to like you through it. So that's amazing for both of us. I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, likewise, yeah. <laughs> and so, listen, uh, thank you very much again, uh, Jeff. Thank you for joining us, and uh, a new cookbook on the way. The last one sold out, so you'll want to make sure to keep an eye for this one, uh, and. All associated links to find out more about Jeff uh, will make sure are in the description. Tom, thank you again. Uh, and uh, and we'll don't, don't forget, time. subscribe, right? Subscribe and uh, comment. Subs that's good. Subscribe, comment, and uh, feel free to uh, contact us. We'll put the contact info uh, up again here just for a second for you. And uh, I will say thank you to my friend Tom, and we will catch you 
for a very special episode again next week. Thanks so much, Tom. Okay, thanks, Mike. Talk to you soon.